It's the end of a busy day. You just saw 15 patients, but instead of heading home for dinner with your spouse or playing with your kids, you now begin your night job, charting. Charting is critical and necessary, but it steals your focus from your patients, eats away at your time with your family, and keeps you up at night. The burden of always having another chart to complete drains every clinician. Freed is an AI medical scribe that makes charting go away. Freed listens, prepares your notes, and writes patient instructions for you. Charting is done before your patient walks out of the room. But wait, it gets even better. Freed learns your style over time just like a human scribe would, except that it will never quit on you. Freed is loved by over 3,000 clinicians from every specialty. It is HIPAA compliant, takes 30 seconds to learn, and costs only $99 per month. You can try Freed for free right now by going to freed.ai. Listeners of Financial Residency can use the FR50 coupon code for $50 off the first month. Financial Residency is proud to bring you Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Each week, Tammy Krause explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth. She invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics. If you have an idea for a podcast, please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds. Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds. We are finally through the holiday frenzy of spending, um, but many of us feel the crippling noose of debt. And whether that's from overspending, using credit cards to survive residency, or just facing the reality of crawling out from under student loan, debt can just be overwhelming for all of us. And oftentimes we focus on financial residency about investments and building wealth for the future. But really, for some of us, it's important to address the debt of the past before we can move forward. So I am pleased to welcome to the show Leslie Tain, and she is a lawyer who helps people kind of figure out how to get out of debt and get their life started again. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me today. I am excited about this, and I think the timing's perfect because I think we all probably overspent for the holidays, and for some of us, it's more crushing than for others, but kind of a good time to talk about it. No doubt. I'm always excited to talk about debt. (laughs) Well, can you tell us a little bit about you and kind of how you got your focus in this area? Sure. So I've been a financial attorney now for 25 years. I started out as in-house counsel, and then I uh, opened up my own law firm, and I've been on practicing in my own firm now for well over 20 years. My focus really initially was mostly consumer-based, where we were focusing on the resolution of consumer-based debts like credit cards, student loans. That has tremendously expanded over the years. And today we focus exclusively on alternatives to bankruptcy, debt resolution services, debt consultation services, debt management in in a way. And that has translated now to business-related debt. So lots of clients with something called a merchant cash advance, small business owners taking somewhat of a hard money type of funding product, We still do some consumer-based credit cards, student loans, many times includes, I mean, we'd see so many different kinds of debt. So anything debt-related other than mortgage debt, we don't practice in the area of mortgage foreclosure or mortgage-related debt, uh, but basically anything outside of that and also tax-related debt is not an area that we focus and concentrate on. But otherwise, the rest of the debt does keep us quite busy, and that's where we are today. 
When talking about alternatives to bankruptcy, does that kind of help you maybe protect your credit score a little bit when you try to not, I guess, when you try to pay off your bills in some other type of fashion? So really, when you're thinking about debt and credit, they they really go hand in hand. So if you want to have good credit, you have to manage the debt. So even if you're paying your bills on time and you believe you might have a good credit score, you maybe not a good credit risk. So you might actually even get turned down for different types of funding products, even if you paid your bills on time and think that you have great credit. The challenge with having dealing with your credit related to debt is that if you just focus on the credit score, you will not get out of debt. So very often we have to reverse the thought process with our clients and focus really on what are your ultimate goals, long-term and short-term. If you want to get out of debt and you want to manage your credit score, then you have to do something more drastic that reduces the amount of debt that you have and reduces the spending that you have on debt. The challenge for most people these days is that they don't have enough income to keep up with the expenses. So they supplement income using things like credit cards. And, and then once the credit cards are maxed out, people tend to then go to retirement to pull money, to consolidation loans. And all of that leads to a never-ending cycle of debt. So again, when we're looking at the credit score, the ideal situation is to have a really good credit score with debt under control. If you file for bankruptcy, then obviously that will negatively impact your credit for, it could be up to 10 years, and then create other challenges outside just the credit issue. But in terms of the alternatives to bankruptcy that we work on, we really help clients look at that larger picture when we're looking at not just the credit score, but we're looking at reducing the debt in order to manage the credit going forward and be able to have that appropriate balance of debt, which I believe is okay to have, and also managing that credit score related to the amount of debt that you have and the process to get rid of the debt. When someone comes to you, how do they get started with this process? I mean, are they typically, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt? Do they kind of need to list the different types of debt? And based on those types of debt, do you have different types of strategies to get them out? So yes, that's exactly true. So I do see clients with $10,000 of debt and I do see clients with $10 million of debt and everything in between. So it really depends on what's going on in your lifestyle, where you're at. The average amount of consumer debt is anywhere from 60 to 150,000. Those are pretty average numbers in terms of credit card debt. You know, on the business side, you know, we see hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, especially among professional practices who are trying to expand, open different offices, buying equipment, business investments, you know, lots of different ways that people end up with large amounts of debt. You know, the challenge becomes paying those back and the type of debts that they have. You know, and again, the solution to the problem relies in the client. I'm sure that you've heard and people know about debt settlement companies and debt consolidation. The challenge with those type of organizations is that they're not necessarily focused on what what really needs to be done on a small scale, meaning each one of my clients requires a personalized program and strategy to resolve the debt because income is different for everybody, location where you live is different, the type of debt, the impact on the lifestyle and the impact on the business is different. So you really wanna be able to personalize and strategize a solution that is fluid and where you can pivot and then you have somebody guiding you along the way who's a professional and understands the nuances that come along with the debt resolution process. Obviously, you know, getting out of debt is not easy. We don't purport it to be an easy process. And that's why we recommend that people not go in it alone and certainly be very careful about who you're working with uh, in terms of trying to get the debts ultimately resolved. 
By having a financial attorney, are you able to work with the creditors to try and get them to work with the system that you're setting up for a person instead of just trying to manage it all on your own and make minimum payments where you just never get ahead? Exactly. So basically what we do is we come in as an intermediary between the debtor and the creditor. We, our goal is to work with our clients to understand their budget and their cash flow and then create the solution and a time frame to get everything done. Then we reach out to the creditors and we have conversations with the creditors and we renegotiate the debt and we renegotiate it in terms of new agreements and new terms. And those terms do include a reduction of the balance that's owed. Interest also, our goal is to get everything interest-free and then certainly within our client's budget. So early on, we're setting a budget and we want to stick to that budget and make sure that we get the debt resolved within that budget in a reasonable time frame. And then that's where the, the solution to going to a professional makes the most sense. I mean, it's like self-medicating. You don't necessarily want to self-medicate because you're really not in a position to self-diagnose. It's the same thing with when you're looking at debt, yeah, you can look and say, I'm having trouble paying my bills. But the reality is the solution to get out of it and how to get out of it and then getting into the nitty gritty of the details and what's required contractually with the creditors, what's required also, you know, related to the IRS, what's required, you know, credit wise, all of that should, and I recommend be managed by somebody who knows what they're doing. I mean, we do see, sometimes I call myself like the botched debt doctor, because unlike the botched doctors that come in and fix all these horrific, in many cases, previous medical procedures, I look at many previous debt experiences of my clients that are just create these messes. And we have to come in and do 10 times the amount of work to fix what somebody ultimately made mistakes on. Uh, and that could come from other organizations that really didn't know what they were doing, mismanagement of the from the client themselves. You know, the challenge in this environment is that nobody trusts anybody. So the, you know, they don't really know who to work with. And sometimes a very fast talking salesperson can make things sound like they're really great, or you're feeling emotional and desperate under the circumstances because you don't know where to turn and something sounds like a really good idea or you heard it on television. Now you're, you've got yourself into something where it just doesn't make sense. So that's where we come in. In many cases, also for businesses, we do a lot of consultations where we're explaining what it is that you signed and what it is that you're set up for and what it is that you're going to be looking to deal with and, and what your solutions are really going to be you know, related to it. And people like that, you know, obviously it's, as you can tell, I'm a straight shooter. I just tell it like it is. This is what you signed. This is where your challenges are. This is what you're going to be looking at. And, you know, this is what the solution is going to look like. And it's not necessarily such a pretty way out. Makes sense. Are there certain rights that consumers have as debtors? So consumers have a number of rights and it's very extensive and can, it's not just on a federal level, but on the state level too, and in some cases, local levels. And there are laws that govern the debt collection practices when it's not with an original creditor, and it, but it has to be also be consumer-based. So there are lots of laws and, you know, these days we don't see too many in the consumer arena of rogue collection agencies, like there had been many years ago early on in the industry when it was not as well-regulated you know, with the CFPB, which is a federal government organization that monitors these and regulates and can audit these collection agencies, debt companies. We don't see so much rogue behavior anymore in terms of violating these laws. I mean, it does occasionally happen, but not in the consumer world. In the business world, that's a totally different ballgame. That's like the Wild West. That's like gloves off, you know, right to the throat. And then as physicians, I think student loan debt is probably one of the biggest line items, you know, that someone might be facing. And I know you can't discharge that debt. You can't bankruptcy your way out of that. 
Can you maybe tell us about some of the strategies that you might be able to use for student loan debt? Sure. Yes. Generally, you can't you cannot bankrupt out um, student loan debt. There are very rare cases where that has gone through, but that's not that's the very 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 slim to none. I, I wouldn't ever think going into it that at some point you're going to be able to get out of the debt, even if you've chosen a practice area that's not going to be able to pay the debts anytime soon. Through the there are two types of debts that most people don't understand federal and private. And there is a very big distinction between the federal and the private loans. Federal loans are, are much easier to manage and work through than private student loans. Private student loans don't have to follow any of the federal government guidelines related to um, student loans. It's basically a consumer debt and they can sue you and you can get sued very easily on the private student loans. And there's a tremendous amount of inflexibility in the private student loan arena in terms of payments. That's why we always tell people do not ever convert a federal loan into a private. The federal loan under the federal government has a lot more flexibility. And with that, you know, the services are there. There are forgiveness-based programs that are available, even for physicians making large amounts of money. But the goal really is with student loans, it's a long-term debt. You take it out when you're young. It's designed to be paid back 20 to 30 years. It's like a mortgage. And you have to kind of look at it like that. The goal, obviously, is to build your profession up to the point where you can just write a check and pay it off. That happened in my career where early on I was in debt and I couldn't pay the bill. And then, you know, as time went on and I built my business and my practice, I wrote a check and that was the end of the student loan debt. Yes, I paid more than I borrowed, but that's what happens when you take out a loan. You always pay more than what you borrow. If you look at your mortgage, it's the same deal. There is a scale where you're paying the amortization schedule, where you're paying principal and interest. And at some point, if you look at that, you'll see that you're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars more on your mortgage You know when you are paying it off over the course of 30 years. It's the same thing with the student loans. You are going to pay more. It's just what it is. But the more that you come to terms with your student loan debt, the better off you'll be. Like Just set it up as an auto payment and be done with it and not sit there and think, oh, this is terrible. I shouldn't have to pay this. You know, The more that you complain about that debt, the more challenging it's going to be to pay. And it's not going away. And what, if anything that's proven over the last several years is that it's almost impossible to get that to change because the executive branch doesn't have the right to do that. And there's no way that the federal government is going to forgive billions of dollars in student loans because it's a source of, it's a revenue stream. And that revenue stream supports the additional programs and the new funding and the new loan programs. And without the revenue stream, eventually, you know, as professionals who earn more than the average American, you're going to pay back other people's debts because the debt, the, in order to make the shortfall up in the government, taxes are going to go up. And, and the brackets that professionals are in is a higher percentage than the average American, and therefore you're going to have to pay it. So, you know, sitting there saying, I'm not going to pay it back, or I'm going to wait for forgiveness programs, I'm going to wait for it to change is just a waste of time, in my opinion. If I did that, I'd still have my student loan debt. And they've been talking about student loan debt reform for 20 plus years now. And it's a hot topic. It's a problem. It's a little bit of a, you know, of an endemic, you know, in terms of the challenges that people have to pay them back. But you took the money, you, know, you had choices where you went to school and how you paid for your education. And the reality is that you really, the sooner you face the the truth that you have to pay it back and make friends with it, the better off you'll be. So 
without the loans, think about it, without the loans, you wouldn't be where you are because you wouldn't have been able to pay for your education. So I look at it, you know, as always the glass is half full, that my student loan debt, yeah, you know, it was annoying. It was a problem and it didn't help my credit. It didn't help my cash flow, you know, when I was considerably younger. But here I am today, a successful professional. It's all paid off. And, you know, I have not, I'm very thankful that I was able to get funding to pay for my secondary education. So kind of with that said, there, there are very few options. So you, you need to understand what you have. Uh, segregated appropriately, budget for it appropriately. If you keep pushing it off into deferment programs where, where you're accumulating interest, you'll never pay it off because the balances will keep growing. And with interest rates the way they are now, you know, there's, there's recalculation of interest rates and, and you'll just end up with um, tremendous debt. So I recommend really strongly finding a way to budget for it, pay for it and get rid of it as fast as possible. Are there ever circumstances where bankruptcy is the right answer? In student loan debt? No, just in oh. general, other types of debts. Yeah, there are. Yeah, I mean, we make uh, bankruptcy referrals out, you know, where I have clients who've lost their businesses. There's absolutely no money coming in. They can't make any payment on any debt that they have. That's a bankruptcy case. You know, you need you definitely need some help. I'm not a fan of the thir- chapter 13s, the repayment plans. I find that those are not... They're not effective. They're very expensive. You could be forced to pay back 100% of your debt. They often fail and you have a, you're handcuffed to the bankruptcy court. And then obviously there's a, the 10 year forward impact on your credit. So, you know, chapter seven, where everything gets wiped out, that's a different story. You know, if you're in a position where you can qualify for a chapter seven and they say qualify because bankruptcy is not a right, you have to qualify based on income and debt. And that income level changes state to state you know, that is something to look into. But if you're making two, $300,000 a year, you know, that doesn't mean that you qualify for bankruptcy and you can't then, and then you have a federal bankruptcy tr- judge who's going to look at all of your books and records and look at everything you're spending your money on. And if you think you can just, you know, vacation and do other things and then not pay the bills, that's just a misconception and a misuse of the bankruptcy process. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find qualified and reasonable bankruptcy attorney to even take a case like that. With that said, bankruptcy is a really good solution under certain circumstances. And like I said, we do refer those out when we see them, you know, say, have you considered bankruptcy? Have you spoken to a bankruptcy attorney? You know, if you're really in a position where you can't pay any of your bills, you can't pay your mortgage or your rent, then that's the time that's sort of the litmus test that you need to speak to a bankruptcy attorney and find out your options. Are there certain life changes that might affect debt, death, divorce, loss of job, you know, whatever? Does that have special circumstances when you're trying to come up with a plan? All of the above. And then planning not only from the past issues, you know, death, certainly death, disability, injuries, you know, obviously COVID, you know, there's lots of ways that debt is impacted in, in the determination of, you know, what are we going to do to fix it and how did we get here? You know, again, budget is really the key and the driving force in figuring out the ultimate solution. And in some cases, hardship doesn't matter. I have some creditors that say, we don't really care. We don't really care what's going on. This is the debt and this is what we want. And that's the end of it. In other cases, I have more sympathetic creditors uh, that we deal with, and they are more willing to listen and create plans with us and work with us to help clients that are challenged in a way. So, you know, it's important to understand that, yeah, it's, you know, when you go through those challenges, you know, some of them, those life events are unexpected. So you can't plan for them. But 
you can plan in some ways. So divorce is a particularly financially draining in many, many, many ways. And that is, especially if you're going to fight, you know, again, on that divorce scale, you know, there's ways to get out of trying to limit your exposure. Again, in, in any of those circumstances, reaching out to somebody like myself, who is a financial attorney, to have a consultation to really understand, okay, this is where I'm at, this is what's happened, what do I do? You know, and pay somebody, you know, a consultation fee to say, hey, okay, this is what's going on and this is where you need to be. And because there's cases I look at and I say, you're not ready for me yet, you know, give it six months, you know, come back to me at this point. And you want somebody who's going to be honest with you about that and say, you know, hey, this is where you're at. And, and or you're going to be, you need me now. Like I got off the phone before with a client. I said, you need this, you need this now. And I, even though I don't put pressure on anybody, and I always say that there's no pressure. Sometimes people do wait to the last minute. And when you wait to the last minute and you've allowed all this stuff to happen, life happens fast, right? So life is so fast. And in two minutes, months and months and months go by. And it feels like, you know, in life, there's so many distractions and challenges. And, you know, if you can get through all of life without being in debt at some point, then you, you are a very lucky person. But I think on average, you know, when you're going through um, lots of different types of challenges, debt, you know, is inevitable, but it doesn't mean that it's the end of life. It just means that, you know, it's something that has to be managed and worked through. Obviously, there's ways to avoid that. The best way to avoid is to have emergency funds and money in the banks, you know, six to nine, really 12 months of living expenses. We've all learned through COVID that if anything like that ever happened, you need money to sustain your lifestyle. You can't rely on the government or other people for handouts. You have to rely on yourself. So, you know, making yourself a priority and putting money away is really important. You know, in divorce situations, you know, those monies can go very quickly, especially if one of the spouses is pilfering through, you know, marital assets. So, but again, there's there's ways to manage that as well if you seek out appropriate advice. So the short answer to the question is, yeah, there's ways to deal with all of it, but you got to find the right person <laughs> to help you. <laughs> Do you find yourself to be kind of a counselor of sorts? I mean, obviously you're trying to help somebody out of maybe mistakes from the past or investing in themselves in the past with student loan debt, that type of thing. But do you help them move forward, come up with a spending plan too? So usually this process in and of itself reconfigures the thought process and reconfigures the future spending because there's a less of a reliability on credit cards and more of a reliability on a cash-based budget. And the consequences of going through this, the scarring from the experience, I think, does change people's mindset. And it also changes habits. Remember, you know, there's a habit of using credit cards and a habit of spending. If you get out of the habit, then you, you know, once you change your habit, and there's a million books on it, once you change your habit, you can change anything in your life. And it takes time to change a habit. First, you have to become aware of it. So aware, you know, and sometimes people don't become aware of it until there's a problem. You know, again, as physicians and other professionals like People come to you in pain. Well, by the time they come in pain, you know, where they where they finally seek help, you know, they there were signs much earlier on, on how to deal with these things. And then they have to, they're forcefully required to change their habits in order to have a healthier lifestyle. So same thing financially. So when things happen, you get forced into changing your lifestyle to a healthier financial lifestyle. And awareness is really key. The the whole piece of managing money is all about awareness. What money's coming in? When is it coming in? How is it being spent? Where is it being put? What are you doing with it? So that's something, you know, to, to think about. Any words of advice for someone who's struggling and maybe hasn't reached out for help yet? 
if you haven't reached out for help, there's no shame. So that's the, the biggest piece of this puzzle is that many people feel ashamed and embarrassed and they, they don't really even know where to turn and what to do and what to say. So the challenge from that perspective is, I would say, if you're really sitting, once you recognize and you say there's something happening here, that's the time to go get help. There's no shame in it. I mean, again, like a doctor, I've seen so many scenarios. I'm not judgmental. I mean, I don't care why you got into debt. And I've seen everything you can imagine from bills from Cartier and Hermes on credit cards to vacations to hospital bills for serious medical issues, vet bills for serious, you know, your fur babies. I've seen it all. It is what it is. It doesn't matter. The ba- what matters is making the pivoting and making the changes going forward and trying to find a better way to live because to live with this kind of debt, it's just really, really challenging emotionally. And that emotional challenge is going to create physical health challenges later on. And so kind of nipping it in the bud, you know, you go to the gym, you should be doing some sort of, you know, financial health management. Love it. Now, if someone is in trouble or they're trying to, you know, get out of trouble before it becomes a crisis situation, how would they get in touch with you, Leslie? The best way to get in touch with me is, I mean, you can certainly put me into any search engine under Leslie Tain or Leslie Dead Attorney or anything like that. I'll come up and you can visit our website at TainLaw.com, T-A-Y-N-E-L-A-W. And of course, I'm on everything social media, X, formerly known as Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, all over. And, you know, certainly there's lots of great content that we put out on a regular basis and you can always reach out. There's no cost to have a consultation with me in terms of what solutions there might be. You know, once we get into giving legal advice, then there is, you know, a fee for working with us on a legal basis. But I I do think from a value perspective that um, there's tremendous value in really just getting somebody to help you to understand what you need to do to be financially fit and financially, it's not even responsible, but to be in a better place financially, to really understand your income, your expenses, your debt, decisions to ma- be made in those areas. I mean, people hire financial people for investments, but hiring people to help you with your debts and manage those debts is also extremely, extremely valuable. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. You've just been such a wealth of information and hopefully you've really impacted someone who's just struggling. And I'm happy to be here anytime and try to be super supportive. And thank you for having me today. These are super important topics and um, I'm always happy to talk about them and appreciate your time and, and having me. Well, thank you all for tuning in today. And I hope you'll tune in again next week for Grand Rounds. As we wrap up, remember, Freed.ai is here to free you from medical documentation. It's HIPAA compliant, takes 30 seconds to learn, and is incredibly affordable. Join the movement to eliminate clinician burnout. Visit Freed.ai and improve your lifestyle. You can try Freed for free right now by going to Freed.ai. Listeners of Financial Residency can use the FR50 coupon code for $50 off the first month. <music>